Welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast 298. Joining me this evening, oh, I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. Really? 298? Yes. Wow. I I think, but we're, we're, well, no, I, I, the podcast is still not old enough to drink, but it's getting there. (laughs) And, uh, of course, uh, Ian is with us. I have returned, and I just want to inform everyone that I am safe from black mermaids, black elves, black hobbits, and death being black, because the skin color of those beings does not matter. And you'd have to have some serious personal issues to have that kind of thing upset or anger you. What if God's black? Because <laughs> he's got- Actually, black. I've upset a, a few people that are upset by those ideas by pointing out, well, wasn't Jesus black? That will, can really get some of them going. I'm kind of disturbed by the idea yeah, that I think uh, I think gender. colored pencils should have to use different facilities. <laughs> oh. You mean they should be in uh, different packages uh, when you buy them? That's right. Um, okay, Mad Cat is with us. We, we should finish the introductions, guys. <laughs> Mad Cat, hi. Yes, my cats hate me today. And we have the dumbass himself. Catching and spreading the bug of skepticism. And we have a special guest this evening, Rachel. Hello. There you go. That's all that's in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have much of a uh, much money to pay her. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, the funds are just, just not hey, there. Hey, she's getting about five times what we pay our normal guests. <laughs> our other guests beg to be on here. We still get those, too. So, uh, okay, so I, I moving right along, because we've got a lot of stuff this evening. Uh, we, um, you know, Ian wants to hawk his crap, as usual. Now, I, I'm sure you guys talked about this in the last podcast when I wasn't here. But there is a, a new George Armand vacation story, The Daughter of Ash and Nightmares. If, if you've read the other vacation stories, I can promise you this is nothing like them. It has some of the humor and stuff, but the overall story is a whole different tone than any of the others I've written. And um, it, it should surprise you. It should catch you off guard. Uh, I, I definitely did not do anything standard with the story. It is highly unique. I love it. I think we talked uh, most about the cover. Because the yeah. cover, the cover looks pretty good. Yeah. So the cover was done using that um, Tryon, I have it's pronounced, um, the AI thing that um, dumbass had introduced us to like two months ago. Yeah. And, well, what was the search uh, term that you uh, put in for that? Oh uh, well, I originally put in Daughter of Acid Nightmares. Didn't like any of those other, any of what came up then. Reloaded. Still didn't like it. So started playing. I, I think I switched out asked for like storm or smoke and other things and i I could not tell you exactly what words i ended up with but i I did have to change the words slightly to get the um cover i liked that looked Um, pretty good oh yeah no i i I really was impressed with what it came up with it's like that works that fits the feel and everything did did you look up uh, the legality of it because um i I did a brief search on uh, that kind of stuff uh i I found like an opinion (laughs) that uh Probably no matter what, that uh, they wouldn't be able to uh, copyright images like that. Or, well, they, uh, um, I, I did try to find something on the website itself and couldn't find anything. So, um, I think right now I'm probably under the radar because I'm going to be lucky if I sell more than a dozen copies of the story. So, you sold one, I, I've sold, I think I'm at five or six. So you're my Canadian I cell? I actually can look at it. Got it. Yeah. Did sell. Cool. I hope you enjoy it. And please, please, please remember to review it. So that was I'm... interesting because, you know, because the copyright thing is one of the things that, that I that I brought up. And because even for us using it, and of course, we're not making any money, but still for us to use 
those images, I mean, the, yeah. well, who the, owns them? The thing them? is, the random images created by an AI, and I highly doubt there's any record pertaining to the existence of them. You know, they're not going to keep them in a database. They, they, they go away once you're done with them. Right. Yeah. So there's yeah, no but way some to... Yeah. You know, it, they, they can watermark it, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I hard, hard to like even announce publicly that you've uh, done this. And uh, even if they uh, heard this episode, I doubt they'd uh, really care enough to come after you. But uh, so, yeah, once more, I, I'm not making if you want 10%, 50%, yeah, you guys are only getting a few bucks, right? But you know, the interesting thing so, for, for our purposes, for the podcast uh, artwork, that when we used it, I, if they had watermarked it, that would have been fine with me. Right, yeah. for, because for our purposes, that that really doesn't matter. But for a book cover, that that makes a difference because you right. you don't no really want the watermark there. Yeah, so they didn't watermark so. them. They didn't do anything like that. I didn't look at the metadata on them, um, but that's easy enough to you know you can you can clean yeah. that up. Just if have, you have to be to. careful because some companies are pedantic. Yeah, but I I don't know that we haven't heard anything you know, yeah, and, well, and no. these you're, aren't you're, the you're, because of the filters that they're using. You know, yeah. they, they aren't re the, the images that Dolly or Crayon is really capable of creating. Uh, one point, though, Matt, Matt Cat, I think that uh, Pedantic is an antivirus company. I don't think they have anything to do with AI. They um, have an AI and actually, an AI. Aren't most antivirus companies trying to develop AI technologies for? For getting, You'd for think. looking for viruses, I'll, I'll bet you like heuristics and stuff like that. That that's AI driven. So I'm not so I'm so so I, I think that your your point is not valid. Well, I've been looking at a lot of uh, AI uh, designing uh, driven stuff that uh, is kind of fascinating. Well, we'll get to that. But I think that what we ought to move on to is well, the. Well, we make my other announcement. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um. For any of you in Colorado who want to meet me face-to-face, -face, I will be at Mile High Con next month, October 21st through 23rd. Although, actually, by the time this gets posted, that may be outdated, but we'll still announce it. Okay. So, um, uh, a couple – it's been a couple podcasts back where we talked about the kitty clipnosis. Um, um, and, and Madcat had gone through a couple of these. Um, I don't know. Um, Rachel, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? And, 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 why, and why you're here and what you do. So my name is Rachel and I'm the director of Super Friends Rescue, which is a nonprofit located in California. We specialize in working with cats and kittens who are not adoptable in shelters, providing behavioral resources and working towards providing ethical solutions to those problems. Um, I'm a certificated cat trainer and I'm currently an amateur cat behaviorist. It is a long process to become certified as one, um, but that is something I'm currently working on. Um, so I'm here today to tell anyone who has this product to please throw it away and provide you with better options. So can you first, um, let, let's, let's tell, tell, tell me what the product is first. Let, let's, let's, let's go back to that first. No problem. Thank so you. Kitty Clipnosis is a looks like a banana comb clip that you would use for your hair and or like a clothespin. And what it's used for is to immobilize a cat by using the scruff reflex. So you clip it to the back of your cat's neck in between their shoulder blades. And it's supposed to pin their arms in such a position that they can't move. So you can clip their nails or do routine care more easily. Okay. And how, how long, yeah. how long, oh, how, I, I guess, how long have these been on the market and are people actually using them? And where did the idea come from? So from what I've seen, it's 
a fairly new thing. It looks like their patent is within the last 10 years. Okay. Um, the few people who have bought it have reviewed it. There's actually, there's actually about, about six reviews for it, and only one of them is positive. Oh, wow. So, so as a behaviorist, I totally understand how difficult it can be to get your cat comfortable with trimming their nails. Um, and it's a necessity for a lot of people, but there are much better solutions out there. So I'd like to start by explaining what the scruff reflex is. Um, if you guys are okay with me kind of going off yeah, yeah, for so a minute. Yeah, by all means. So the, so the scruff reflex is something that people have seen mother cats do to their kittens. So what mom cats will do when there's imminent danger or if they need to move them very quickly because the location is no longer viable for them, they'll pick their kitten up by the scruff of their neck, which is the, the fleshy, loose part on the back, and will immobilize them and carry them away. The problem is that our hands are not designed like a mother cat's jaws. So they're not grabbing the neck muscles themselves like we would be when we do this. They're actually gently cradling the space in between their shoulder blades and their neck. So when we do this action, and it's very widely used in veterinary medicine, and there's a large number of us who are working to stop this, when we do it in veterinary medicine, what we're doing is actually causing a trauma reaction by doing this. Wow. Because again, the mother cat is only going to do this when they need to move and move fast. Okay, so it's not something they do often. No. Uh, and is there a mm -mm. safe way for a human to do this? You should not have to scruff a cat okay. to move them. Right. So it, when I'm teaching people how to, and I, I've had emergencies where I need to grab a hold of a cat and it's the only way I've, I've, I have to grab them. I need to grab something, but it's something I have to then condition against because it's going to cause a trauma for them. So if I work with a cat and I can tell they've been picked up by the neck, whether by a well-meaning person or, you know, a shelter that maybe isn't up to date on better behavior methods, I can tell. They're always going to have a flinch response. They're always going to be sensitive about their neck being touched. And they're always going to have trauma about it. So I have to work to condition them against that response. So if you had to do this, if you're working to trim your cat's nails and it's a struggle for both of you, there are many better options. So first thing I would recommend is going to a website called fearfreehappyhomes.com. And that's going to teach you how to read your cat's body language, how to get them comfortable with vet visits, how to get them comfortable with routine maintenance. And it's for dogs, cats, and they have resources for birds and reptiles as well. Another way, and this is what I train my foster families to do, is utilizing towel or blanket wraps. So... When I start working with a foster cat who's older, so not a small kitten, but maybe a kitten who's between three and six months old or an adult cat, we start by teaching them how to be wrapped in a blanket or towel securely without losing autonomy over their body. So this kind of goes into consent a little bit as well. So typical day for me is I'll take a towel, I'll wrap it cross body underneath one arm, leave that arm free. Then I'll take the other side of the towel and securely wrap it around them. So one arm is pinned, but they still have control over their back legs. They still have control to manipulate their head and they don't feel like they're being completely locked into place. 
we work with them and we trim one nail at a time. If they start pulling really badly or they're struggling to get out, we take a break. Okay. And we reward them for those positive things, getting one or two nails trimmed with high value treats. This builds a better bond with your animal. It shows them that you're not here to control them. And it also allows them, again, to have control over their body because these are not natural things for a cat to have done to them. So would this be something that you might that you might do and not trim their nails, that you might put them in this and, and do this and then and then let them go and let and, and, and to, to let to, so you're kind of conditioning them to know that when you do this that, that they're not gonna be like that forever? From what I've seen, this product is very painful for cats. No, I was talking um, about your method. Who, oh, my method, yes. Yeah. So and we always end every session before the cat starts to get too stressed out. Okay. So and you can tell they'll start to struggle more. They get more tense. They're starting to pull their ears back. And after every session, they get high value rewards. So for dogs, for example, you can do this with dogs. They might get spray cheese, peanut butter, things they would never get as a regular treat. For cats, we use cream cheese. We use something called churu or squeeze up treats, which is like meat gogurt in a tube um, or, or tuna. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So this is the safe way to do it. Yeah. So, so what is what is the clip doing? That I mean, obviously, it it sounds like the the clip is is it would be like the like our hands grabbing it, and so it's gonna so it's gonna be far more traumatic. Yes, like, but the other problem with using a device like this is at least with your hands, you can feel how hard you're you're straining on them. You can feel you know the different muscle tension. Maybe you n might need to release a little bit of the of your strength on them. This product it's gonna act just like a vice grip. So it's just gonna continue to hold that pressure in place. Uh, it does. Can I uh, ask a question real quick? If you talk yeah. directly into your microphone, uh, you can. So the design of this is like a banana clip for the hair. Yes. Which means that it's got prongs that mesh um, with each other. No, okay, so that, sorry. The, the mechanism is closer to that, but it's more similar to, it's like a hybrid of that banana comb and a clothespin. So it's okay. smooth edged, which is almost even worse. Um, I mean, it's not pointy, but I, I don't know. It's rounded. I was like, I the, was, uh, sorry, Matt, go ahead. I was wondering if it would feel like predator jaws, but it sounds like it's not going to feel like teeth. No, it's, it's not going to feel, it doesn't feel like teeth. I have one right here. So, so what, okay. So you actually have the device. Yeah. And, and what, in any, so how, how hard does it pinch? Cats don't like it. Cats don't like um, it. Well, okay. I mean, that's fair. When you first get them, like, this is the smaller one I have. They are very, very tight. Yeah. So you have to work them out for a while and, you know, almost break your fingers on them. They have a uh, spring inside uh, to hold it together. So it's just a, um, a device to open it and the actual jaw part, which is almost like a beak. But it's not, uh, it's rounded. It's not uh, sharp. However, with the um, pressure of this clip, it is a very strong pressure. <clears throat> and it, uh, it can, if you use it right, it won't work. But if you use it right, it won't hurt the animal as much. But if you use it wrong, it's going to hurt the animal quite a, quite a bit. And... Considering the factor, you could accidentally um, clip it a little further than you should um, and 
risk the uh, neck bones. And did you hear that click? That's not fun. Uh, it's uh, very strong, and you could really damage your cat with it if it is incorrectly used. And really, uh, with the reactions I've had from my animals just trying it, uh, only because I know I worked with veterinarians and I know what you do when you're holding them and such. But uh, any animal is going to struggle when you're trying to put this thing on them. Okay. It would scare them because it doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel good. So it sounds like it'd be easy to use um, inappropriately as well. Yes. Like getting it's it on. Very easy and if the animal's struggling. Inappropriately. Yeah. Okay. And so it sounds like you're, you that you concur that, that, that thing, this thing should just not be used. Oh, Rachel's incredibly correct on this. Okay. <laughs> not incredibly, but extremely correct on this. There's extremely, no but not incredible. Discount on credibility. <laughs> Now, Rachel, uh, back in the old days... She, she is very credible, we are saying. <laughs> yes. Rachel, back in the old days, when we needed to, um, to you know, basically work with a cat and the cat wasn't, uh, wasn't cooperating, we would shake out a handful of catnip into a handkerchief and, you know, <laughs> cover, their, uh, cover their nose and mouth with it and knock them out. Don't advocate that, huh? Uh, no. <laughs> Remind me to send you a jack-in-the-box. <laughs> I, I remind you that that this is that that is your dad's joke. Nobody yeah. put him up to this. I know. <laughs> I'm uh, quite sure she's understanding that. <laughs> oh, she oh, yeah. told Long she told a real you. she told a real doozy in the in the pre-show. Really? Oh, that wasn't yeah. even my worst one. Um, so I do want to point out something in the description, even that just indicates how how little the person who created this knows about cat body language. So in the description, he says, as <clears throat> this is called the scruff re response, the kitten's tail curls up between the legs, the backgrounds, and the kitten pulls its legs in close to its body to become passive. Okay. Um, Where do we start going? with unloading this? So when we tuck our tail underneath dog or cat, that means that we are terrified out of our minds. When we are rounding our back and pulling our legs into us, we're going into the fetal position, which in humans we know is not a good thing. So this is an immediate terror response. Okay. Yeah, but that also brings the legs up. When a when a kitten is scruffed by their mother, they go limp. They don't they don't pull yes. their legs up. Correct. It's so there's not, clearly a difference. I mean, it sounded to me like it's two totally different things. But between yes. when a human does it and the cat's mom does it. And it sounds like even the cat, that the cat's mom is only doing it in an extreme emergency. That this yes. is not their normal way to herd them. Yeah, yeah, if mom is moving them like that, it means she's uncomfortable. They're not safe. There's no reason for mom to do that on a regular basis. So I agree. All right. So um, we'll, we'll do everybody a favor and not link to this product. That would be fantastic. Be <laughs> and I, I will say, if anybody has them, I will pay you $8, which is what it costs. To throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You heard it. You heard it yourself. So uh, okay. And if anybody is looking for better options or how to train your cat, how to have their nails trimmed, I will literally sit with you and do a phone consultation, video consultation, and I have free resources on our website. So and that's fearfreehappyhomes.com. Mm -hmm. So yes, that's that's the program that I'm certified through. Um, oh, that's one you're so certified through. That's not that's not your site. No, so our site would be superforens.org, and that is our rescues website. Um, 
if you go on there, I've got pet owner resources or our Facebook page also has resources. And yes. I'll spell that because it sounds kind of funky. So it's S-U-P-E-R and then F-U-R-I-E-N-D-S. Oh, not like super friends, but super. Okay. Super fur friends, yes. Fur friends. Fur friends. Okay. Right. I still have it spelled wrong. That's neat. All right. Okay, very good. It uh, also should be noted that Rachel is uh, not a comic book expert in any way, shape, or the form, and uh, none of the none of the rescues that she has gets named after comic book characters. So Aww. she so she doesn't know about the other super friends. Is what you're telling me? Uh, <laughs> no, that actually... is his poor attempt at humor. So that's <laughs> yes, that's that my, was my poor attempt. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, everybody is named after a comic book character, TV show, um, popular oh. fiction. And I repeated a name um, and I could tell you, I don't know where my keys are, but I could tell you every cat I've ever worked with feral or otherwise. So he was, uh, he was being ironic without giving us the proper information to recognize that that's actually funny or supposed yes. to be. Yeah. Yes. So, but, <laughs> um, if you, does any, if uh, do any of you other guys have questions for me before I take off? No. And thank you for, uh, and it, it, it definitely sounds like you, um, you know, you're actually well-versed and understand what you're talking about. And that, that was, uh, that was great information and very informational. And I'm going to apologize to our listeners because, you know, we, that's not what we do here. I, I kind of uh, have just a, a brief question, a kind of personal thing. You can cut this out of the podcast, but um, uh, I have a friend who has a new dog who seems kind of scared of me and uh, wondering if you have uh, advice. So it should be noted I like dogs. I don't speak dog fluently, but I don't know enough about that dog's history to make a determination of why they're having a fear response with you. But I would say that I would talk to them and ask them what kinds of things that dog likes. Maybe they have a specific treat or toy they really like. Every time I've been, I've been working on luring him to me with treats, and it's, uh, I think it's starting to work. Fantastic. Every time you go over, you need to be the most exciting person he's ever seen. You need to be the person who gives him all the best things, and it's going to start to remove that that trigger and that fear for him. Um, but who knows? He could have run into somebody who looks like you before, or maybe you move away that he's never seen. It's it, Dogs are very visual. Um, I work with a dog expert, so if you have a more detailed question on that, I can definitely connect you to her. No, just uh, curious about uh, uh, just a brief response on that, just uh, if you had any yeah. special <laughs> advice or anything. Yeah. Just treats and toys, whatever makes him happiest. Make that you're the person who gives him those things. Okay. Oh, I have a question as well. Yes. What do you think of Jackson Galaxy? I think that Jackson Galaxy is a fantastic resource for people who've never owned cats before and who have very simple feline behavior problems. But I don't think that he's, I don't think his advice can apply to every situation. I no. have seen him provide inappropriate uh inappropriate information for he tries to it's it's like saying that everybody who has a fear of heights should go into a plane and skydive he's very blanket statements mm. but mm. i think as a first-time cat owner who has a very neurotypical cat which is not what i personally work with but if you have a neurotypical cat um, or a kitten he has fantastic resources and i think that he's done a lot to raise awareness about animal behavior in general do you think part of the reason uh part of have you mostly seen the uh i'm sorry my brain does this to me all the time have you seen the um you've seen the ah uh 
my uh, Hellcat. Uh, oh, my cat from hell. Yeah, is is that it's, where you or have? It's, it's really difficult for me to watch those shows. Um, mm -hmm. And what I tell people is, behavior is an art form. There's a reason that it psychology is. is a soft science. So the way that he might approach things is not the way that I would approach things, the way that my mentors would approach things. I'm a fear-free trainer. I'm a positive reinforcement only trainer. Um, I don't use any adverse, any adverse correction tools. Um, use the positives. Yeah, I only use positive reinforcement. So I think that, like I said, it's great for the awareness that he's bringing about these potential problems, but I've seen cases that he's had and I've gone, okay, that's, that's definitely not what I would have done there. Um, mm -hmm. But you're going to find that <clears throat> with anybody. You know, you take a Freudian psychologist and a young psychologist, and they're going to have completely different approaches on things. Very true. So thank you for that. Um, I would like to talk to you some other time about, I, I haven't talked with anyone in the animal field besides the vet about stuff. And, so I'd like to talk to you about it sometime. Yeah, no problem. And it's very important to note that most vets are not behaviorists and most behaviorists no. are not vets. So many of them are very, you know, get the job done. So also but, Rachel, um, mad cat is a mad cat is a lizard person. Ah, so I also have cats. And a dog. Yeah, I know, but I think he was uh, saying that you're part of the, the conspiracy that, uh, you're, you're from space and, uh, you're a lizard person. Uh, She's yeah, basically part of the Illuminati. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, but yeah. If or the Illuminati. Illuminati. If anybody has any questions offline, I am always happy to talk about cats all day, every day. That's so what do I you do. Wanna, do you want to tell them how they can reach you or? Yeah. So you can reach me through the Super Friends website, which is okay. going to be superforens.org. Uh, you can also email us, and our email address is information at superforens.org, uh, or you can text us. My phone number is 707-220-3972, and that is the rescues uh, line only, so it doesn't go to my phone. It's only for the rescue, so that's another way that you can reach me. All right. Well, thank so, you for joining but, us. Wonderful. Oh. But just to prove that I am, in fact, Max's daughter, um, what do you call a vegan zombie? Oh, I <sighs> Please tell. A cantable. A cantable. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's a groaner. All right. Thank yep, you guys yep. for having me. I really appreciate we, it. We accept Thank your you. we accept your proof as well. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank bye. you. All right. Bye. So that was educational. That was well informed. And uh, so we that better. So, so I think it's time for us. The more you know. That's right. That's right. And that's not what we do here. So it's time to move on and tell <laughs> some dick jokes. So what time is it? It is time. For the Ian and Dumbasses Masturbation Moment. Brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment. Brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire. Bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. So today I'm bringing you. Well, we're going to start with mine, and and I and I'm sure that uh, that Dumas is going to have a lot to say about this anyway. So, <laughs> so there's a oh, yeah. there there's a um and uh, you know the the article is it, it's pretty straightforward. 
here, here's what here's what's happening is that as we see Dolly and this in this new in this new artificial intelligence company, uh, sustainable AI release uh, says released a text to image generator, which okay, so which is what Dolly is a text image generator, and 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 they did not put any limitations on it, so there was no filter, so and so guess what people did, they wanted to find out what Shrek looked like with big boobs. <laughs> of course. And of course, you know, the the um ultimately it, it brings a light. I mean, so it's a and if you own this product, right? If you, I think that you can install this product on your computer and of course once you do, you can kind of use it the way that you want to. And and in dumbass, you were saying you bought one, right? I, I did I did buy access to one. Um, oh, you bought which, access uh, to one. Okay. which one are we talking about? So uh, this here one that This one is called Sustainable AI. Yeah, I, I don't know that one. Uh I did buy one. Uh, I won't mention the name of it just because of things I will say later. I, I okay. do like it, but uh, uh, it, it uh, bears some relevance to to this. So uh, I'm so, going to let you go on. Okay. So this one is is founded at Sustainable AI, and they say they're the sustain sustainable dif- diffusion public release. Well, I think it's unstable ref- diffusion. It's I, like, I'm seeing unstable. Where are you seeing unstable? If you click on the uh, website, it's a stable okay. diffusion public release. It's sta- stability. Dot AI. Stable diffusion uh, at one point in the article here. Maybe they made a mistake. Um, okay. And I, everything I see says stable. S- okay, s- sorry. S- it's a Discord channel is what I'm seeing here. Oh. Unstable diffusion Discord. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's something else. I'm not sure what that is. Okay. I guess, I guess that's a, a related uh, thing, and they're calling it unstable as a kind of a wordplay. Right. So where Dali said... You know, basically, they they put the filter on it, and they weren't allowing you to create, act, generate real images. This one was, and and they do down here. It's not really a filter, I think. I think it's just like um, uh, Dali or Crayon. Just they're they're not uh, the the nude images aren't part of the um, uh, uh, data that is trained on. So even if you ask it to draw something like that, it won't know what to do. I thought that I thought that when the one that we were using had some sort of a filter on it. So it's and it says that. Um, didn't generate like human life Im- images and stuff like that. That they prevented it from doing that because for the magazine they had a very human like image. And so I thought for the for the public release, I thought that there was some sort of a filter or something that they did to the algorithm so that it couldn't do that. Right? Maybe on Dolly. I know. Uh, um, and uh, uh, just uh, nobody will be surprised by this. I tested it out on uh, Crayon. Okay. Um, tried to get it to draw nude stuff, and uh, it just seemed to not know what I was talking about. So. They they were trying to prevent people from putting in sexual stuff, right? And I think that like I think you were saying that on this one. And I was listening to another podcast where the podcast just said that he says, "Well, I want to see, um, I want to see Marco Robbie with um, Gary Busey's face." And 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 they wouldn't let it put that in there. Apparently, Gary Busey's face is very sexual, and so you couldn't put that on uh, Marco Robbie's body. Mm. Yeah, I can see that it's a turn on. <laughs> Gary Busey's face. Oh, Gary yeah. Busey's face, right? Yeah. Um, mm. So, mm. I mean, th- this article goes on. I mean, it, it, there, there's. It, I mean, we. It, it goes on with into much more detail about it and about the not for safe work content and that the in that it was producing it, but the, you know they they did try to do um, they tried to prevent some things in the, in the public release, but they ultimately say if you put this on your own machine, there's you know there's not much that they can do. And yes, we hear you. Um, and. Thank you. Mac, is he good? Yeah, he's settling back. Okay. Yeah. Set marked in. 
Um, ultimately, the, the the real issue, and and we see this all the time. You know, uh, uh, people uh, taking, um, you know, usually you know actors and stuff like that, and making porn out of them. And we're going to get to a point where where these AIs are capable of producing porn, right? And 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 they already are, but with 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 actors' faces on them. Mm. And and and. and I mean, look, look for look for fakes of Sandra Bullock, right? I mean, they're <laughs> everywhere. I mean, tons of them, and and you know, there, there's no real ones out there of her, right? She, and even people who who there are, you know, real nude photos out of, there's still tons of fakes uh, of all of these celebrities. And, oh and, yeah, and tons of, of it. Of course. And but now you're in, but you can a lot of times you can tell some of them are very good, right? But but if you can computer generate it and get the face right. And, 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 and then make the body look the way that you want, it, it may get to a point where it's much more difficult to tell the fakes from the real photos. And yeah, yeah we, we've been uh, saying uh, for quite a while, actually, like uh, deep fake stuff is becoming like really sophisticated uh, and uh, re- really hard to uh, tell apart uh, from like uh, actual historical stuff sometimes. Yeah, so like there's an ad, there's, a, there's another article on here, Google bans deep fake um, from machine learning platforms because Google has uh, Google has a, a bunch of these platforms out there and in fact um, they're what is it it's one of their studios I'm trying to think if it, it's um, if it's the 122 studio or which one it is but anyway they they had about about 14 projects that they were working on and some of them were you know I mean some of them were, were you know green projects for you know for green energy and stuff like that and they slashed all of, all but seven of them, and the seven that they kept at that at that studio are all AI related. So the, everything else they they they, they cut, and all, you know, of course, now all those employees have to go find either new jobs at Google or go somewhere else. And so I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But AI is huge right now, and 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 I, I you know I made the joke earlier about you know uh, about antivirus, but heuristic stuff is, is AI, and I think that even with antivirus, we're seeing much more AI research. AI, there's AI research for absolutely everything, and now that we're generating graphics with 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 AI, it's only a matter of time before you can do this on your computer and you can generate um, a graphic of of anybody that you want at home. You can you can feed it you can feed it a whole bunch of of pictures. Right, and the, and then generate the the pictures you want of that person. Oh, you can do that mm. with uh, Daz and Poser as well. Can you? Can I mean? Yeah, can well, you, you, you mean, can't yeah. make it look uh, can... entirely realistic, though. True. <laughs> well, I mean, you have not seen what they can okay, do. Okay, but here's the thing: is that here, I guess my my. However, point this is, one anyone can use the it, AI there you go. does it itself. It's all about barrier to entry. Right. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. even though you could do this on Poser already, if I can just install a program, feed it some images, and then and then build the you know build whatever porn I want from there, I mean, number one, I don't have to go Easier. buy porn anymore, and number two, I'm getting the porn that I really want. Yeah, I mean that that sounds <coughs> kind of amazing. So it's not here yet, right? But. Mm, not quite. It's, not quite. Yeah. But it, it's... yeah, I want to. I want to talk about. Um, I'm not going to say the name of uh, the um, the the app. Um, I uh, I bought a subscription um, to for this uh, 3D uh, not 3D uh, AI generated uh, uh, image thing. That, that makes a that does a pretty good job on a lot of stuff. Um, but I, I I noticed that it was uh, starting to like just uh, generate nudes sometimes. Like I. Um, I swear, guys, I did not tell it to. All right. Uh, <laughs> hand, 
<laughs> Hand to sure. my heart. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, you. look, look. I was going to get around to it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you say it actually predicted your needs ahead of time. Uh, may well maybe yes no. Um, I, I was I was trying to like um, uh, make it draw certain uh, fictional characters to uh, uh, like do like um, kind of uh, character art type of deal, and it started uh, drawing a couple of them uh, uh, naked, and I'm like, what what's going on here? Um, and um, so like I tried to can this do porn, so I tried to get it to do porn, and uh, it gave me an error. It didn't tell me that the error was that I did, typed in something naughty, but I figured <laughs> it out when uh, I kept on trying to do naughty things, and it kept on giving me an error. Um, <laughs> so so it, so it's uh, it's scrubbing for those words, but I found uh, that I could get it to generate uh, try try to generate the weirdest porn uh, by just by using using euphemisms. Yeah, so that that's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, then then you've got to. There's issues about copyright, right? Yeah, true yeah. enough. Um, and um, it's like uh, uh, I, I don't understand why they put uh, porn images in the training data set for uh, for their AI. It seems like if you want to do that, you know, put a special AI dedicated to that, and I'm all for it. Sure. Um, one of the things that that, that that in this article that I put up here it says Ashley twenty two sees it as fair use. If I draw a picture of Keanu Reeves naked, that doesn't violate any content law. I think that this is a this is comparable, and that people do stuff like like that all the time, and we tend not to care unless people try to use images commercially. And so and so that that's an interesting point, right? So at what point can I generate uh, generate you know pictures of people? And and sell them, and what, at what point can I not? I mean, if I if I do a fan art of Keanu Reeves, I can sell that, can't I? Yeah, it seems like he should be able. And, to. Oh, and, yeah. And, well, okay. So my experience with that one, my ex-wife did boxes where she would paint um, various popular culture things and sell at craft shows and stuff. And she did some online stuff. Only once did she ever get a cease and desist, and that was from um, Cell Silverstein's. Um, people who um went after she did a giving tree one and that's the only time she got a cease and desist on that so a lot of the copyright stuff is how active the people that own it are in they, they can be assholes they actually can't yeah um but then you get into likenesses and someone brought up that the covers for my george Ramon novel the um guy i um hired to do the covers um, clearly used a known celebrity for Georgie oh. because I had to do, oh, isn't that so-and-so? And, -so? and um, I had explained to him, I was like, listen, the contract I had clearly said, according to him, that he, what he will provide me, he has the legal rights to 100%. So if there is any copyright issues, I, for, I, I would forward it to him and say, hey, listen, you, you, the contract you gave me said this was guaranteed. If that person comes after me for any likeness issues, which once more, I'm not making enough money to really attract right, attention. Yeah. But if for some reason he wouldn't be an asshole, that um, he might come after me. But let me give you this case. Yeah, uh, you know, I was that, that would be brought up, and I'd have to deal with it. And what I do is go back to the on my cover art and say, "Hey, listen, you told me this stuff was good. Um, at this point, you either need to contact them and get this legally taken care of, or you're refunding me the money or doing me new covers." Yeah. So I went to an anime and it was anime and Asian food festival last weekend. It was at a brewery. It was awesome. Um, 
Yeah, they should do. They should do. They should do more of these types of things at breweries, right? That's that's just great. So, but when when we watch around all of the booths and stuff like that, the one thing is that you will see. Like all all of your modern anime, people are doing fan oh, art yeah. of, of of those characters, and I couldn't tell you the difference between the fan art and and what and what these other people are doing. I, as far as I can tell, they're 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 identical, but they, but you know, and they say that they're. I asked them, you know, I asked this, I asked one woman because, and I really liked her stuff. What's your medium? She says, oh, I'll draw it on the computer and then I print it out. It's like okay, so so at that point, you know. It, it's not that much different than the original fan art, right? If I if I took if I took stills from from the anime and printed those out, if you can't tell the difference. But the one thing that you will notice that when you go to these things is that you'll see lots of anime, but what you won't see is anybody drawing Disney likeness. Well, yeah, that's, that's because Disney will go after their exactly. Ropes. Yeah, the, well, Disney will the one that has set up yeah. daycares um, to yeah. be the scapegoats for that. They've yeah. actually gone and got the, the daycares ha, ha, thought they were working with a legitimate person painted suck disney D- disney walked right and said nope you guys better paint over this right now or we're gonna get you closed down so disney can be assholes i think uh, so, uh you can actually use mickey mouse and like winnie the pooh now right uh um, i don't know how okay. that's gonna work out because can, there's how's that gonna shake out ian winnie the pooh itself is public to me but it not is. the disney version of winnie the pooh ah the, um, D- yeah, if you, if you draw it, to, if you draw, if it looks too much like uh, the Disney version, yeah. yeah. But Winnie the Pooh itself, that is in public domain now, but not the Disney Winnie the Pooh, the, 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 because they made it enough of their own. But that the, they um, had a legal battle. But on that Mickey too. hit, Mickey yeah. hit fifty years. Uh, just side note, by the way, the first thing somebody did with Winnie the Pooh in public domain made it into a horror movie. <laughs> now Mickey gets a bit. It wasn't more the tricky. first thing I saw him, be, him used in a comic strip. Yeah, D- Disney has done quite a bit to make sure they still have Mickey. So Mickey is not in the public domain as of yet. Um, if it wasn't under normal circumstances, I think it's going to it would happen in the next couple of years. It says twenty Disney has gone way out of their way to um, do some legal wrangling that yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I, 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 I think remember, it is. I, I, I remember some news recently yeah. that uh, that had expired, and uh... it's twenty twenty four is when Mickey Mouse hits okay. public domain. And, yes, and, and, and some of these are – this is from nyu.edu, so law. So this is from a, a law uh, – a, the law uh, department of a university that, that, I'm, that I'm seeing here. So, so copyright's interesting too when it comes to this stuff, right? I mean obviously, obviously we can go down a rabbit hole real quick with, with some of this stuff because depending on who holds the copyright, it will depend, depend on how vigorously it's defended. If it is – Disney, we know that it will be vigorously defended, right? That and and probably yeah, very much. yeah. So we'll see what if if they can if they can figure something out legally with Mickey Mouse, and they might be able to distinguish the old the old drawings of Mickey Mouse versus the newer versions of Mickey Mouse, right? They might be able to to to, to make a differentiation there oh, between yeah, they, the art or something, and and they can make a good yes. argument. Mickey has been changed so dramatically, drastically over the last hundred years yeah. that okay, you guys want to use the Steamboat Willie style Mickey. I guess um, we may have to give in on that, but you know, or you know, say, alternatives of Mickey Mouse that uh, don't look quite the same. Like, oh, he he he's developed so drastically over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know what, what we've grown uh, up with that, all our but lives. But then you'd have like not... the legal question of uh, uh, when does uh, that any change made to Mickey's design become something that uh, can go into public domain? 
Okay, and so I, I can guarantee you, Disney is fighting that and yep, has those they, arguments yeah. ready. And... Yeah, so so simple. Yeah. They have the patent. Obviously, it's a complicated issue. But back to back to our AI generated stuff. And so AI generates Mickey. It's probably copyright. But if AI generates Keanu Reeves, where are we? That is a difficult one too yep. because if yep. it sure is. generates Keanu Reeves specifically, Keanu Reeves may be able to fight. You trying to sell this image, except for because it is in his. He might not. Yeah, imagine he, if you wanted to to like remake the Matrix. Well, I guess I think you'd yeah. have copyright issues on that. But if you wanted to like uh, uh, just use Keanu Reeves to make to make your own movie or whatever. So um, and, if you're getting like, money from it, he can go after you. But he but he said he doesn't yeah. care if you draw him naked, right? He he was very upfront about that. That 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 that, that didn't offend him. But if you were to use his likeness to make a movie, I think you've got a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big thing within fair use. I think we've talked about this before is they look at the whole picture. They look at how, uh, how you use it, where you, um, you know, the profitability of it. Are you actually taking away from the person that owns the right? So in a likeness, that would have to be the same kind of thing. You'd look at, okay, is this just a, a, a fun um, parody depiction of it? Or are you actually taking away a significant ability of that person to make money? Yep. Well, let's move on. That's let's, the main let's, thing okay. anywhere. Okay, Money. so obviously it's a complicated issue until it's actually fought in the courts. We don't know where it's actually going to go. Right. That's that's where I'm. That let's leave that there. And let, but and let's that's move all, on. Always a big thing with any other fair use stuff. There's all sorts of speculations you can make, but in the end, the courts get to make the final call. Right. But that leads us very right into what to to yours here because obviously, in theory, the person who generated this art piece with AI owns the copyright. Right. Right. So, so what is the, this? It, this? This one's not a copyright issue at all. Uh, exactly, it's it's not. But I mean, here's the thing: is so, that this was still generated by a computer, right? So the headline: an AI-generated artwork won first place at a state fair fine arts competition, and artists are pissed. And I personally know a few artists that are very upset by this um, whole thing. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, yeah. So this one guy, um, I know his name's here somewhere, was playing around with. Um, his AI stuff, and he was specific. He had, if you read his stuff, he talked about how he knew what inputs to put in to get the desired effects out of it. So he, he's claiming there was actually some art, artistic merit to him doing it because he would put in, you know, the specific words and stuff to get his desired um, effect, and then he would do some editing in the aftermath of it. And the picture looks amazing. I mean, the piece he came up with is really impressive. There's no denying it. It has a lot of detail. It looks like it comes from a romanticism age. Yeah. It's very well done. I'm not surprised it won an award. But I did have one artist friend try to claim it's not art. No, it is art. But is it fair to put this art in competition is where the real question comes out. And Competition against talked, other people. Yeah. Some people have talked about, okay, create so, a, a whole new category of AI-generated art then so, but, to make okay. it fair. Well, oh, yeah. But, I mean, so here, this is TLDR. This is a, a tweet. Um, it says someone entered an art competition with an AI-generated piece and won first prize. Yeah, that's pretty sh- fucking shitty. So he's really upset about it, isn't he? I, 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 I know quite a few artists who are complaining about the, the whole concept. Mm-hmm. But, but that's where it's headed. That's the other thing. It's like, okay, guys, if you don't like it, that's fine. But the art's coming out anyways. You can't stop the movement at this point. There, there's no turning it back. And it is yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, there, there, there is no putting the the genie back in the bottle, and uh, I, I can really, I can see from uh, the artist's point of view 
that it's a kind of thing where, all right, yeah, now companies uh, uh, may uh, take this opportunity to completely forego my work and just uh, create something on their own. Um, I'm not sure that uh, AI-generated image is quite uh, reliable enough to, to be just uh, completely put on everything like that, but um, it, it can take the place of a lot of stuff for a lot cheaper, so... Um, well, you think of it. Right. And that's one of the problems. One of the one of the Twitter users even said, "We are watching the death of artistry unfold before our eyes. If creative jobs aren't safe from machines, then even high school jobs are in danger of becoming obsolete." So I mean, that, that's a bit of a um, a, a weak yeah. argument there. But the initial idea is, you know, what happens to artists now if this is something that can be replicated? Well, I know that even like for the art for this podcast, that I'm dropping their pay by half because a computer can do it. <laughs> <laughs> but then and you the get computer a different does. level. So with that, the guy did did claim he did some editing on it before he submitted it. But at the same time, if all you do is AI work, you can't go back to the original and say, "Hey, you know what? Let's change these little elements here." So and you it, have and to. I mean, have... it brings up questions too, like, um, like what if you like uh, generate uh, several AI images and uh, put put them together into uh, one image, another image maybe that you created. Um, like, uh, uh, maybe, or maybe, uh, maybe you just like use a little bit of AI artwork in your image and a lot of other stuff that you created. Like right. how much, uh, are we going to say that you're cheating? Right. I, I completely understand. And that's, that, that's the whole thing. The, the bottle's been open. It's spilling all over the place right now. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to be able to get it all back in the bottle, but what you mm -hmm. have to do is work with what's there. And, yeah. um, you know, and, I, and I can, I can, I can, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Th this will have to change something, you know. Anyone doing an art contest will have to look at their rules now and set the guidelines. And, the and other you know, go ahead. One other thing that I have noticed uh, when there was still is Film and Art Association of Canada or something like that. I forget the exact name. However, they used it was a Canadian uh, for Canadian artists. Then they started bringing in art from other countries. And they had to make a choice whether to have it as all Canadian art or to allow people from other countries right. to bring in their art. And the second idea was more valuable for them because, well, you have more people and you get more money. Right. Well, and I'm using similar story that's kind of connected to if we get to the next part of the podcast. Um so Neil Gaiman, um, Sandman. So before, uh, wait, wait, hold on. Before, wait, no, no, hold on. Before you move on to that, let me, let me ask no, you. Let the, me. I this want, is relevant to the the subject at hand. So is mine, because because uh, I want to make I want to make oh, yeah. a, a what I, what I want to say. So it, 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 to me, there there there's something similar to this where we look at where we look at um where we look at cycling, and I'm trying to remember that who who was the cyclist who. Who was one of the best in the world forever, and then we found out that he was that he was yeah. using steroids. And, and uh, Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. And it wasn't like they just went back to to to. That they didn't like just a stage name, doesn't it? They, yes. they they had to they had to go back like several people before they finally found somebody who wasn't doing steroids to right. finally to, you know to to give that award to. But so the so I guess there's something that the similar here that I would say is that if these AIs get good enough that we can't tell whether it's a human or not, at what point? Did, you know, it's like do, you you're gonna want people to 
to come and say, hey, yes, I did this with the computer AI or I didn't. But because people say the same thing about you know about these steroids is that well if everybody's juicing maybe we should just let them let them do it and we should have you know have a have a race where people are doing are juicing in a way in a, in a race where people aren't right well, I mean it's the same it's the same kind of parallels here because if you if you can't tell at at some point and people are entering the, these photos into these competitions and you don't know that it's AI AI developed. Um, and they're winning. Oh, they, they could easily lie about yeah, it. Yeah, they could easily lie about it. And so it's, I mean, so that, it's a, that piece itself that won the prize, you look at it, you cannot tell it was an AI-generated image. No. It looks and, legit. And how do you test it for steroids? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great question. But, but you, see, you see where I make that parallel, though? I oh, mean, yeah. it's like, I mean, no, I, 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 do, I mean you, you, at some point, you, you, have to find a, you have to find a compromise that you can live with. No. But people get angry over any changes. Yeah, Going back yeah, to yeah. Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Um, brilliant comics. If you haven't read them, I, I love the series. If, if the podcast goes right, we'll be talking about the series here in a little bit. But well, when we're, writer, we're, we're going long already, so actually okay. we're not going to. But so, that's okay. So there's a good chance we'll have to wait till next yeah, podcast. Yeah, talk yeah, about I think so. But in the series, he wrote a comic where Dream hires the um, Shakespeare himself to write um, Midsummer's Night Dream. It was actually the, the main character, the Sandman, is the one who got Shakespeare to write a Midsummer's Night's Dream. And so, so, and he actually invites the fairy folk from the fairy world to watch the play for the first time it's ever um, put on. Yeah. Brilliant issue. It won literary awards and it pissed people off left and right about how dare a comic book gets nominated for a literary award because that's not real literature. But it is. Yeah. Well, especially if you've read the Sandman comics. I mean, those things are oh, great. Gotcha. Done. They're yeah. great. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that, that uh, was the one that threw everything off, and everyone had to readjust their views as to how the contest should be looking. And I, I think technically, uh, comic books are only literature if Alan Moore writes them. That's the Moore definition. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Alan Moore's definition, but they're only literature if Alan Moore writes them. <laughs> but Not still. Well, it, Things evolved. What? Comic books were at one time considered very childish and stuff, and now, you know, thanks to a few real revolutionary creators, it broke through, and you can't deny their literature. We should Are have we a, whole thing? a whole thing on that. You know, well, well, how do we define art now yep. when the, the, the new level has come to us? And, I mean, this is a beautiful piece. I mean, this really looks, you know... You look at it, and it has some power to it. it I'm does. personally uh, really excited about, um, uh, I think of it as like the de democratization of creativity. And um, it, it's one of those things that I think has been going on for a long time. It's like uh, with the tools that we have available, so many things are so so much easier to create yeah. these days than they used to be right. um, uh, uh, artistic-wise and in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, the, this is just another step on that path, I think. And both uh, Mac and Mad Cat, who are artists, use digitalized art. They don't draw it. They don't color it in. They don't paint it. They use no, digitalized yes. art. Is that art? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I yeah. However, you know, it's not an AI. I don't specifically. Think, right. Hold on, that's not you completely put in true. The information with an AI. Right. I, I, I'm completely uh, agreeing with you there. There are AI, AI elements. AI does it's, it's, the, it's the same in the case that it's a it's a tool that makes it easier uh, for people to create something, correct. and they don't have to go through right. like uh, a whole like years of uh, figuring out uh, uh, how to uh, composition uh, make something. and all that yeah. fun stuff. There, yeah, there are AI elements to both of their art. Aren't yep. there, Matt? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. There are. Yeah, because the lighting, uh, you in know, particular. I, I, I challenge you to prove that that a good AI is any different from a human. And, and that's where some of this comes from. But also in this case, the, 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 the guy who's getting credit for being the artist of it looked at how, what to enter into um, the system to get the desired effects. You know, if, if you read what he ta talks about, he, you know, it, it's not like he just randomly put some words in. He actually had been playing with the system playing with the program and figured out, okay, if I want this effect, what do I have to tell the AI to do? And so it had a outside influence putting the input into the AI saying, this is what I want you to create. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just a thing of uh, the AI uh, creating something for you and you randomly accepting it. Right. Um, there, there, there is more creativity involved in trying to get your, uh, your vision realized you 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 play with it and uh, i've done this too you play with it you figure out uh, all right how can i word this so that it understands what i'm saying and it'll draw what i want it to draw and then like uh, uh it doesn't come out quite right but you think it has certain elements that you like maybe you like try generating that a few more times see if it comes up with something that you like uh, otherwise you maybe try uh, try it a different way uh, and the one i use have like different uh settings uh, fil filters that you can uh, use to draw in a certain way uh, and you you just play with it, and you're like, I, I like that. This is this is matching my vision. I'm gonna take that. Right. And it's like, um, you know, choosing from a bunch of different things uh, that uh, to to match uh, more your creative uh, vision is a way of being creative. I believe we should have a whole podcast on that specifically. <laughs> uh, and we have gone way off topic. <laughs> well, not Let's off go topic. Off topic uh, we have gone into a different. We've gone into a different avenue of discussion wow the, the point the point i want to say um is that uh uh yeah i can i can see how uh some companies who hire artists uh might uh, try to do things uh, on the cheap and that'll suck for artists out there i, I don't think uh human-made art is going to disappear any more than um uh, baking from scratch disappeared when they uh brought in baking mixes um, but, uh, I can, I, I do see that, uh, this is very much a concern for artists, but I am, uh, very excited about the democratization of, uh, uh, creativity here. I do think, though, okay. that we should know what the, what the medium is, whether that be AI, whether that be Poser and other, and other well, products. I he, but he didn't hide that. He, he don't right? believe no, in no, that's fine. It. Yeah, well, no. This is AI. But I think that, I think that people might start to do that if, if yeah. they can't yeah. answer it without it. That's that's it's my another, fear. another level of competition. Yeah, agree. On that disappointment, say goodnight. Good night, good night everybody. everybody. Good night. And that is another cat clip in the in the can. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at amateurskeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight. Digital Portraiture.